welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Have you ever found yourself in a quandary? You have a decision to make, but you can't figure out what to do. Do we do what the world says, and if it feels good, just do it? Or maybe you want to follow God's will, but you can't figure out what His will is. In this episode of Unscripted, we talk about understanding God's will and what happens when we don't follow His will. Let's join the discussion now. Well, hey, Nate Morris. Man, your <laughs> hey, posture has gotten really good since I saw you last. Yeah. Well, have you been working on your posture? I, I'm pretty stiff right now. It's kind of straight <laughs> like a board. <laughs> got these braces on holding me in place so (laughs) it's working well if you are a listener of this podcast and that's all you do then you should probably know that uh, we haven't been around for a while this has been a while since our last podcast and um, that's because Pastor Nate had an unfortunate accident Um, tell us just a, a real brief explanation of what happened to you Nate yeah and I mean, I guess you could say it was fortunate because it could have been <laughs> way worse than it was. Yes, but yes. yeah, I was in a bike accident. I was mountain biking with some friends and, um, and wasn't, I wasn't doing anything crazy or stupid. Honestly, it was just kind of a simple <laughs> That's trip. what you keep saying. I keep saying that because people are like, well, are you going to stop mountain biking now? And I'm like, well, I mean, like, same accident could have happened on a bike trail or, yeah, you know, but, um, Anyways, I, I fell, I, I hit my, I landed on my head, hit my head, but thankfully my very expensive helmet did its job and I didn't have a concussion or anything, but I broke uh, a vertebra in my neck and one in my back in the process. So, um, yeah, so I've been out of commission for a while, uh, but it, you know, God really had his hand all over the whole thing because it, mm-hmm. it, that's why I say fortunate is, you know, it could have been significantly worse. And I don't just mean like, well, yeah, that was a bad accident, but it could have been worse. But even in the moment, they thought it was much worse and um, transferred me to Denver and spent a couple of days in the hospital. And uh, they were very concerned at the, the, the doctors were at the beginning because of the type of fracture it was and concerned that there would be a risk of paralysis and some other things. Mm. So. It was a fortunate accident (laughs) in that it it really could have been an unfortunate accident. So grateful for that. But, but I'm getting, I'm now about seven weeks into recovery. And so I'm getting a little bit more mobile, getting out of the house a little bit more, still can't drive or anything. So I'm relying on my wife to give me rides everywhere, but it's good to be here. Uh, We had our staff meeting in the office today and doing a podcast. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Just getting back to normal. Yeah. I'm watching you teach yesterday. I was amazed just watching you move around and stuff. Like, uh, it was like, you, you look like the old Nate, like, but except just for a little more stiff, just really good posture. <laughs> just, yeah. just, I guess. You know, what's funny is like this thing's kind of holding me in good posture, but they, uh, the doctor said, I'm actually going to have a little more curve in my back because uh, the, the, the vertebra in my back that fractured, the front half of it compressed 50%. So basically my, my back's going to curve forward a little bit more interesting long-term. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then talking about having that neck brace on for so long yeah. and how your muscles in your neck are going to atrophy. And yeah, <laughs> we, we kind of <laughs> kidded around about getting a 
bobblehead of Nate. Yes. That's going to be moving around a little bit after you take that thing off. So, yeah. Um, well, this week you taught, we're back in Ephesians and you taught on verse 17 about um, uh, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a, a big question that I think a lot of people have thought about with your accent. And I think a lot of us have thought about in our own lives. Um, I'm just going to kind of blindside you with this question, but was your accident the will of the Lord? Was it the will of the Lord? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. So did God cause my accident? No, I don't believe that even for a second. Um, did God allow my accident? Well, obviously he allowed it to happen. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's, when you're talking about, so this is getting a little off of our, our, discerning the will of the Lord subject today. But when we're talking about things that happen in life, there are things that, that there's, there's something called the active will of God and something called the passive mm-hmm. will of God. The active will of God is God willing something into existence or willing something to be, or God directly intervening in something and causing something to happen. That's the active will of God. And then there's the passive will of God where God may not cause something to happen, but he allows it to happen. And then even in that allowing that thing to happen, uh, works it together for his good, for our good and for his glory. So, um, so my accident was certainly within the passive will of God. So God allowed it to happen within his will and used it and is using it for my good and for his glory, even though it wasn't something that was pleasurable or fun in the moment but I don't believe that God caused that accident and intended to give me pain through that or any such thing like that. (laughs) Okay. So, and I know this isn't directly connected with your teaching, but maybe it's just questions I've had Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I get to ask the questions. So I'll ask these was, do you think it was the will of the enemy? Was it, do you think Satan was involved in your accident at all? That's a good question. Um, I don't know, but I think he could have been, you know? And I think, so when we, when we talk about the will of the enemy, it's an interesting thing because when you look at the scripture and this man, this could be like a good, long, totally different discussion (laughs) than what we're talking about today. But, but when you look at scripture, Satan, uh, when Satan went and exercised his will in Job's life, okay. You think of, Mm -hmm. of Job in the book of Job. Um, he had to actually go and ask God permission to do that. Right. He had to go before God, and he couldn't just he couldn't just attack Job and 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 do the things that he wanted to do to him. He actually had to ask God's permission. Now, God granted that permission. That doesn't mean that God, you know, chose or allow or caused those things to happen to Job, but he did allow them to happen. And in his passive will in that moment. Um, you know, Satan was able to exercise his will. I say that just to say, like, the enemy has a plan and a will and a desire for us, but even in that, God is sovereign and supreme, mm-hmm. and he doesn't just get free reign with people. And so I, I think that, you know, C.S. Lewis put, Lewis put it one, uh, really well when he said, uh, speaking of, I'm going to butcher this pair, <laughs> it's going to be a innate paraphrase, but we do one of two things when it comes to Satan and demonic activity is we either give it too much credit or not enough, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's totally different than the way he put it, but that's the gist of what he's saying is we either think everything is the devil's fault. Like I tripped and fell and you know, the devil put that rock in front of me so that I would fall or we completely ignore him 
and uh, just go along thinking everything's just materialist, you know, and it's everything just kind of happens and there's no purpose behind it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I think the, um, the, in this instance, Satan definitely could have had a hand in that. But I think even in that, you know, what the enemy means for evil, God takes and repurposes for good. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there's, he, I think, I think if the enemy had his way, I would be dead right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. maybe he had a little bit of his way in terms of the accident itself, but I don't think he got to have what he really would have wanted in that moment. Yeah. That's a, I, you know, when we talk about the will of the Lord and stuff, I, for me, my mind goes into his sovereignty, you know, and uh, his ability to control all things. And um, is there an area where he chooses not to control? Like, how how does that work in our lives where, like, if God has a will for my life, like maybe a choice that is before me or something, mm-hmm. does you know, that free will mm-hmm. that he gives us and how does that interact with his oh, will? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not getting into Calvinism <laughs> and Arminianism and all of that, but just Paul, uh, you're asking like all the hard questions. I know it's today. just, it's this unscripted, like... <laughs> man. It's just what's coming up. <laughs> this is, this might be like an eight hour podcast. I don't know. Um, or t- 20 hour podcast. Yeah. I, so this is where you're getting into subjective theology and i mean subjective because the bible speaks to both sides of this issue Mm. so when the bible speaks to both sides of an issue we we have to hold that issue loosely uh it doesn't mean that it's contradicting itself it means that there's there's a truth that we can't really fully comprehend that it's a Mm. it's beyond our human ability to comprehend and this is where you know calvinism and arminianism come into debate and if you don't know what those are I'll, i'll give you like the first grade version of it just so it's kind of for our purposes, Calvinism is God chose you and Arminianism is you chose God. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, uh, to the, and the, both of them are kind of to the exclusion of the other, um, where, what I think the scripture shows us is God is sovereign and does exercise his will. And yet we have free will and the ability to exercise our will. And those two truths run parallel and I think what happens often is people are looking for those truths to intersect and find that place where those like, like railroad tracks almost where the railroad tracks meet each other in the road. And this is what the truth is where these two things intersect. And I think that there's nothing that tells us that they have to intersect. Like mm-hmm. can, can God be sovereign and yet, yet me still have free will and choice? Yes. In fact, I think that God is, bigger and more powerful if he is still sovereign even while giving me free cho- free will and choice you know yeah. if god just controls me like a robot and and everything's predetermined completely without my ability to choose and have that that free agency then that i, I think that actually is a smaller god than a god that is truly able to exercise his will and the goodness of his will and allow me the, the freedom and the capacity to choose whether or not to respond to his grace and his love and, and his leading in those things. So, yeah. And it, I think that gets to just kind of the heart of the matter too, of God and us in relationship that mm-hmm. he doesn't want robots, right? You know, that he wants a love relationship with us, which 
means he has to give us a certain amount of will to what you know choose him or not choose him or to make decisions in life and yeah you know i i don't I know there's been many times in my life where I wish I could just be a robot <laughs> and just like, you know, that, right. that attitude of surrender to the Lord. And it's like, God, you are so much smarter than me and you know better than mm-hmm. me and you know the future. And I don't want to make this decision. What do you do in a s- situation like that? How do I, how do I handle that? Where like, you know, God doesn't possess us right. and take away our will. Or he does possess us, but he doesn't take away our will. Okay. I mean possession like a demon possession where somebody <laughs> doesn't have control over them. Yeah. Just the Holy, we're possessed with the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? We're indwelt. Maybe indwelt is a better way to put it, but. Okay, good. Because <laughs> you just about destroyed my teaching for this next Sunday. Okay. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> what do we believe? <laughs> but that, just that thought of where, um, I don't have to make a choice. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to surrender to the Lord and he's going to make all my choices for me. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that, that he doesn't do that for us? Like, just yeah. like where we, you know, that attitude of surrender, I think it's a healthy attitude to have towards the Lord, but there's still like, he's still going, Hey, you still need to decide on this. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that <clears throat> the, I mean, I think that we can't really fully know God's mind and thoughts on this, but I think that our, our choice in life when we're faced with decisions is a way that we grow in Christ-likeness as we make good decisions and we make bad decisions and we make in-between mm. like kind of neutral decisions. We, we begin to learn and grow and learn to trust God as we're walking through things, you know. Um, I remember I made some bad decisions trying to honor the Lord early on in my walk with the Lord at some things that I thought were God honoring and stepping out in faith and trusting the Lord. And they were disastrous, mm. <laughs> wasn't sinful, but like really just not walking in wisdom decisions that I thought was just in my naivete. I was just trying to honor the Lord and made some mistakes and I learned from those. And then I swung to the other end of the pendulum and I was so afraid to make a mistake that I wouldn't step out. And then God had to teach me, Hey, like, no, I want you to walk by faith. I yeah. want you to step out, but you also need to walk in wisdom, you know? Mm. And I think that that process is one of the things that sharpens us and grows us in our faith. And yeah. I think, like, when we're, when we're get to, getting to that point where we just are paralyzed between, like, some options or decisions or whatever it might be, um, In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A, for example, right. you know? It's like, man, I don't know what to eat for lunch today. In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's a silly example, but... But honestly, if you're in between two decisions, you pray about it and you don't have peace. You don't, one, you don't have to make that decision unless you do. If you have to make a decision, then I believe you just seek the Lord and walk into what you feel like is the best decision Mm. based on some of the principles that we talked about in this message. Even if you're unsure, trusting that the Lord will direct your steps when you're seeking him. Um, And then sometimes it's like, well, maybe you don't actually need to make that decision. Maybe you don't need to step out into that thing that you're thinking about. And the best thing to do is to, to continue to wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it depends on the circumstance. But but I think more often than not, we either follow our flesh or we're afraid to move. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like one of those two things is what, kind of what typically people struggle with. It's like either we're afraid to kind of take that step of faith into something that God may be speaking to us, or it's kind of just more along the lines of, well, what do I want to do? You know, mm. That's something that, you said that 
provoked this thought in my head of it, like, if we never made a bad decision or sinful decision, we would never understand the nature of grace about God. Mm-hmm. Like, if we always made the right decision, we wouldn't have a full understanding of who God is and what his nature is. Right. And would it be wrong to say that God allows us to make bad decisions so that we can discover that that part of who he is? Or Yeah, I, I think so. I think he uses those things. I mean, again, he's not causing us to sin. Right. And he's not causing us to make bad decisions. Yeah, he's not the author of sin, but, for sure, yeah. But, but he... I mean, we either believe what it says in Romans or not, that, that he's working all things together for mm-hmm. our good, mm-hmm. for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So that's the good things that we do and the good decisions that we make and the bad things that happen to us and that we do and the bad decisions that we make. He's working all of those things together for good. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that God's will was for me to make that bad decision. And it doesn't mean that God's will was for that accident to happen or that horrible situation to happen in your life. Like, mm-hmm. like we going back to my accident. Like, I don't think that God caused this to punish me <laughs> or right. God caused this to wake me up or, you know, I, <laughs> I actually had somebody email me like saying like, this is just random. It's so random, so random, but th- this person has a problem with the fact that we uh, celebrate Christmas and Easter and have Christmas trees as part of our celebrations because they have these supposedly pagan roots and these things, which is all debatable. And we've talked about it on another podcast, but he said that my accident was God's judgment on me for, uh, leading people into sin by celebrating these pagan rituals and Christmas and Easter. Right. And like, no, there's no, you don't see that. And that's not the way that that's not the character of God. Right. (laughs) So, Man, you handled that so much better than I would have. I was so impressed with the way you handled that. I can't believe somebody had the nerve to. Yeah. That's, I love that about this podcast because like one of the things that I feel like is important that we do is we get to, I don't know, get a peek behind the curtain with you and as a lead pastor and everything and some of the things that you have to deal with. So I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up. <laughs> um, so here's... Another thought I just had as you were speaking that um, Balaam and his donkey. Uh It's a really interesting story because here these people wanted this prophet to come and pronounce curses over the Israelites. Um, And so God told him, no, Uh don't do it. Uh, But then God said, go ahead, go do it. You know? what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and then he goes and then there's an angel that shows up and is going to kill him and his donkey stops and you know, like his donkey saves his life basically and then speaks to him, which is weird. And, you <laughs> really? know, but then he goes off and he goes to pronounce curses over him, but he says, I'm only going to speak what the Lord leads me to say. And he can't, all he does is pronounce blessings over him. So right. really kind of a bizarre situation when you consider the will of God, like yeah. what was God's will? in that situation did he want him to go did he not want him to go was he in the will of the lord was he not in the will of the lord how do you how do you well i think here's the i think you have to zoom back a little bit from balaam as an individual and look at the situation as a whole did god exercise his will in that situation yes what was god's will which is 
was always God's will in the Old Testament to bless Israel. Right. And God blessed Israel. He yeah. accomplished his will. He used some weird ways to do it. <laughs> he allowed some weird things wow. to happen in the process of it. But he turned what was going to be a curse on his people into a blessing. Yeah. Now that that's God's will at work, you know. Um, did God, I think God gave Balak, you know, Balaam was, you know, kind of wanted to go and God said no, but then, you know, he was persistent and God's like, all right, go, yeah, whatever, you know, um, knowing that ultimately he was going to, to use the enemy's plan mm. for his purposes, which is what he consistently does through scripture. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even Jesus dying on the cross mm -hmm. as the enemy thought he won in that moment really was his greatest defeat. Yeah. And that's how God so often works. And, and, and that's why it's so when we talk about figuring out the will of God and like, I, I think it, it it's when we're talking about the will of God as Christians, what we need to be thinking more about is us walking in God's will right here, right now, making sure that we're living our lives in worship to God in relationship with God seeking God, walking forward, it's not so much looking back or looking forward at was this God's will or is that God's will as it is like, are we being faithful to in this moment live as those who want to honor the Lord and be present with him in what he's doing and trusting that he's going to work out all the details, mm. even as the difficult things come or even as somebody treats us poorly or even as some circumstance that we don't understand comes into our life knowing that ultimately he's going to work it all out for good somehow, yeah. <laughs> even if we don't know how it's going to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that is a really important thing to remember when we're trying to discern God's will is that like uh, we get caught in the minutia, the little details, trying to figure out those things. And there's a bigger picture, like you said, with Balaam, you know, God's will was to bless Israel. And that's what happened along the way. There was like, some confusion for Balaam. It seemed like, you know, like he was being selfish in his decision. He was hoping to make a lot of money on this deal. Mm -hmm. He didn't. Right. Cause he never f fulfilled his end yeah. <laughs> of cursing Israel. So he didn't get paid. Uh, he almost got killed mm -hmm. along the way. He had an argument with his donkey that mm -hmm. I don't know. He probably <laughs> had to work through for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, you know, and just like he made his life more difficult by not just accepting that, that first word from God of right. don't do it. And so he created a lot of pain for himself, but God still performed his will. And is that something that, that we can think about to come and apply to our lives regarding God's will? Is there like a God's will in our life? And if we persist in the flesh, um, he'll allow us to do that, but we end up making our own lives difficult. I, yeah, I think so. Um, one of the things that I've heard people say is like when they've messed up is like, Oh, I've missed God's will for my life or something like that. Or, you know, like I missed what God was doing. And, and I think that we can miss what could have been, but I think that's the wrong way of thinking because God's not thinking, you know, in this moment, God sees the end from the beginning. And so, so often we walk through things and, um, we do make things harder for ourselves, but then we look back and we're like, well, I blew it and now I'm way off and I can never get back. And it's like, well, no, God knew you were going to blow it. And that was, he worked that into his plan for you. Not that, you, not that he intended for you to blow it, but he allowed it to happen. And he's even working that together to bring about his goodness in your life one way or another. And so, um, I think it's, 
<coughs> excuse me, I think it's easy for us to just hyper analyze um, mm. our decisions and our mistakes and even our successes. And we try to put it into a formula and say, well, this is what I need to do. And really what it's all about is walking with God mm-hmm. and learning from those mistakes that we make and growing through those mistakes that we make and uh, choosing to honor him going forward as we continue, you know? Yeah. I guess that's the ultimate will of God is that we are in relationship with him mm-hmm. and all these other things hopefully will help us to get to that. Um, so like kind of closing up, I'd like you to speak to three different people who are lef- listening to this podcast. Okay. There's the person who doesn't really consider God's will mm-hmm. for their life. Um, what you would say to them, there's the person who's got it just right. They're right in the middle. You don't really need to speak to them. They, they, they're, they're just, they're, they're rocking it. They're crushing it. They're doing, they, they concerned about God's will and they're stepping out in faith and everything. But the second person or the third person, the second one that I want you to speak to is the person who's paralysis of analysis, Uh that they're so concerned that they're not going to make a decision that is God's will, that they make no decision. Mm -hmm. And so the first person is the person who doesn't care about God's will. And the the second person that I want you to speak to is the person who is way over worried about that. So the first person doesn't care about God's will. What would you say to them? Yeah. Well, I think, so here's what I, what I would say is I think that uh, in life so often we can be concerned about what sounds good and right to us. And the Bible tells us that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Mm. And we deceive ourselves consistently. We, we trick ourselves into thinking the wrong things and um, we don't even know that we're doing it. Yeah. And I, I used a little illustration on Sunday for this. Uh, if you missed the message on Sunday, you can go back and watch it. It's good just to see there's this picture of Adele the, the singer upside down and you look at it and it's like, okay, yeah, it's an upside down picture of Adele. But then when I turn the picture right side up, you see something, it's totally like creepy looking. Creepy. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Well, somebody had taken the regular picture of her and turned her eyes and her lips upside down and then turned the picture upside down and your brain interprets it as being correct. And this is what I think we often do when we're faced with situations is we think everything's good. I know what I'm doing. I know where I want to go. This is the decision I need to make. And we don't even consider what God might have to say about that because we think we know best. And the way of a man seems right to him, but the end of it is death. And um, God isn't looking to give us instruction and direction to make life less fun for us. It's actually because he cares for us. And it's the same thing for those of you who are parents. Your kids often think that they know better than you what they need. And you look out for them and you make decisions for them and you lead them into good decisions because you care for them. And that's, Mm. that's the same thing that our Heavenly Father does. It's not that he says stuff so that we don't get to have fun or that we don't get to have money or that we don't get to have these things. But really... When we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Mm. is when we learn that he actually takes care of all that stuff for us because he loves us and because he cares about us. And so um, for that person that really hasn't even thought about considering God's will, I would just encourage you to think about the fact that God loves you more than you love you Mm. and that his will for you is good for you it's good it involves good things and it does it does involve going through hard times as life will be anyways 
even apart from walking with the Lord, but it will be good and he will bring good and life and growth through walking with him. And so I would just encourage you to start <coughs> to start seeking the Lord when you're walking through things. Like if you're, if you've got a decision, like, man, there's a job opportunity. I'd really like to take it. I don't, I'm just kind of thinking, start praying about it and start asking the Lord about it, asking the Lord if it's something that would be the right fit for you. And is the culture one that you can fit into and honor the Lord in and, you know, those types of things and see if it's something that, that the Lord would lead you into versus just your own kind of inner voice leading you into. So that would be the first one I would say. Um, the second one, the paralysis by analysis, and that's my default mode, just to be honest. Like I, I so badly want to honor the Lord and make the right decision and be in the right decision making when I'm making decisions. And so I over research and I over analyze and I will think something through to death. <laughs> default. That's my default. Uh, and what I've learned is that when I have submitted myself to the Lord and I've done these five steps that we talked about in this message, I've silenced my own voice said, I'm going to deny myself. It's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. When I've spent time in God's word, seeking the Lord, making sure that the things that I'm soaking up are things that are honoring to God, right? When I've spent time, you know, um, in prayer and seeking the Lord through prayer and asking him to guide me. And when I've sought godly counsel over something and gone to mm. other believers and said, is this something that you would be doing? You know, what do you think about this? And then I've looked for where he's working in circumstances. If I've done those five things with the five steps we talked about in this message, um, then at that point, I've got to step out by faith. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's it a choice. A moment yeah. where you have to, yeah. And it, sometimes there might be two good options mm -hmm. and I just got to pick one mm -hmm. and run with it yeah. and say, all right, here we go, you know, and that's okay. And, and honestly, then I have to trust also that if I'm making the wrong, I'm doing air quotes yeah. right now, <laughs> the wrong decision that God's going to redirect me down the road anyways. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be the end of the road. I'm not going to like lose everything because I made the wrong decision. Um, and so that's where Proverbs three, five, and six comes in where it's yeah. just trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now the, the picture there is like, we're walking and he's steering us, yeah. not that we're sitting waiting for him to tell us where to go. Yeah. So I think that's so super crucial. And I, I don't know, I've, I've seen a lot in, uh, young people today, uh, like young adults who are like heading off to college or career or whatever, that yeah. there's just a lot of that um, overthinking of, of things and not stepping out in faith. And uh, one, of, one of the joys of, of being old is having so much life to look back on and seeing like, you know, he never abandoned me. You right. know, when I was incredibly foolish and making yeah. horrible, horrible choices. Yeah. Like he still directed me back around. It was just a matter of like we were talking about with Balaam, how much pain I was going to put myself through yeah. <laughs> before, <laughs> no, right. before I finally uh, yeah. accepted his will. So great discussion. Great having you back. Great being with you on this podcast again. And we'll be going through Ephesians. So we'll uh, be continuing on this podcast uh, as we go. Uh, like, subscribe, share, do all those things if you're enjoying this. Uh, include some other people in your joy and we will see you next time on Unscripted. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. 
If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.